a very good afternoon to all you listeners of KZMU. Uh, just a little bit early for this week in Moab for a very special rendition of this long-serving show. For many years now, the station has um, invited the mayor of Moab and also the chair of Grand County. So we like to kind of um, collectively call it the mayor and the chair. It's nice to have two new faces in front of me for mm-hmm. this year. Last year, believe it or not, it was Mary McGann. She was the chair right. last year, and Mayor Emily. And boy, mm-hmm. a year later, and it's two new faces. So first mm-hmm. of all, welcome to your first in-review session as in your position. So Thanks, it's great Howard. to have you. Yeah, yeah nice to you. be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Howard. It, it is. And nothing's been going on in Moab this year, right? No, it's been pretty dead. Good. Okay, well, we'll just play some music. <laughs> Where do we start? Yeah, yeah. Who wants to lead yeah. off? Who wants to lead off? You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason. It's, you can make it pot, you know, good, bad, and ugly. We don't well, mind. Well, we were thinking um, maybe uh, having housing has been a hot button topic around right. town for a long, long time, and we actually a whole bunch happened with housing in the area this year. So, so yeah. why don't we start off with yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think most of it positive. So, right, right. The city has been involved in. Quite a few housing uh, projects. As everybody knows, Walnut Lane was a big um, project that started, I guess, several years ago before I was um, the mayor. And it has kind of kind of fizzled a little bit, was a little challenging. And then uh, we've got a new council, a new mayor, and we kind of revisited what would be the best way to move forward with that, with that project. And so right now what we decided to do is to find a – a developer who is interested in coming in and um, helping us have them do the development where the city basically is just kind of a project review and, and let a, new, a developer come in and do it for us. And so we've put out a, a statement of qualifications, a request for statement of qualifications, and we're looking for developers that may be interested to do what the city envisioned for that property, only they're the developer, not the city. Well, I said this to the previous mayor. It was a very brave step for the city to take this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thanks for sticking with it. And it's not easy, but just you've come through this far. Just You just keep pushing we'll it keep, forward. You know, yeah. we, you know, there was a different idea when they first pur- pur- purchased that property, and, and it's changed a lot. And I think this direction that we're going is, is really a good one. We had the Multicultural Center do a survey of the folks that are living there. You know, that's a big challenge for us with trailer parks that are getting bought out. People are getting relocated. We do don't want that to happen to the folks that live there, but it's also difficult to do a development while people are still living in a community. So we wanted to find out from the um, people that live there what what they wanted to do, and surprisingly, the majority of them would like to move into the new development once it's there. You know, what happens in the interim, we'll figure that out when we get there. But at this point, I think we're doing the best that we can with the situation and working with the folks that live there so we don't displace them. And again, with the county, the high-density overlay was kind of big news for the last few years, and you're really starting to see that coming to fruition now, Yeah, right? absolutely. I was going to mention that. Yeah, the high-density uh, high housing overlay is, is starting to come in. You can see um, yep. they've broken ground on a few projects. Uh, Murphy Flats um, over here off Murphy Lane, I just passed it on the way over here, uh, is, is one of the ones and a, and a few others too. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yep. That's, that's going to be new territory for us, and um, I think – yeah, adding a lot to the housing inventory in the county. The big, sorry, Howard. No, I was going to mention the Royal Crossing, too. Yeah, of course. That's huge. Yes, that's it a is. Big one. This was a big year for that. It was a huge year for that. Yeah, the county budgeted money for uh, to pay for the director for Caitlin Myers over there, and she really got the ball rolling. And, and 
if you, you can drive past there, I, went, I attended the uh, Community Rebuilds open house night where, where eight new homeowners who have beautiful new straw bale homes built by uh, Community Rebuild showed off their houses. That, that was like the first um, occupancy, but man, there it, it, it's starting to look like a neighborhood over there. Yeah, and that's, it's great to see. Yeah, it, it is so cool. So yeah. cool. Are there any more kind of sites like that on the horizon anywhere that could be a potential like that for the future? You mean using the land trust model? So, or, so, yeah, using a similar model. I mean, a finding similar land, which would be pretty amazing, right. I think. Yeah, the, the, the land trust model comes up in discussion frequently. I think at this point, you know, finishing building out Arroyo Crossing, which is still, I mean, there's 300 units that are uh, potentially coming online out there. And I think we're up to occupancy on, what, 12 or 16 of them right now. And there's there's currently uh, many more being built. But um, but that's 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 our model, and and um, and and hopefully, like you said, there will be other other areas. Finding the land is difficult, but um, but the land trust comes up and frequently in conversation. But as of now, that's and we've the... actually we've actually. Um talk to them about perhaps putting a bid in for walnut lane you know um because awesome. because yeah. caitlin as, as some of you may know was overseeing that project at the city and um the land trust was very lucky to get her she was an awesome employee for the city but that project was just kind of not really coming like i mentioned together like they wanted it to but we have reached out to them we don't know if they're at a place where they could actually uh to actually develop it but we if they are we'd love to We'd love to entertain that as an option. That's yeah. That that sounds awesome. Hadn't right. heard that, but yeah. And of course, I mean, I did hear news that the old hospital site is finally going to be redeveloped into apartments. Is that not what I heard? Was eighty apartments going in on the old hospital property? Yeah, that's that's Ben Bird's property, and I think you know, I think development right now is on hold because of the interest rates. I mean, we haven't seen a lot going on um, out there. The city, one of the other things that the city did in the county, I think is going to follow suit is an active employee housing ordinance that we pass, which a certain percentage of developments in our highest density within the city would be uh, dedicated to active employees of the city and the county. Um, and so I think we, you know, Ben, I think Ben would love to be participating in that at some level, but we're just not seeing a lot of development going on, but that's his plan at this point yeah. for yeah. that property as far as I know. And, and that project is we, we really look, the city did a great job with, with that ordinance and um, we're looking, we're looking at similar, we're, we're, we're taking it nice and slow and, and trying to talk to the people that need to be talked to, especially upstate and, and work on our own that may mirror the cities. But I think that's going to be a huge effort going forward for, for workforce housing for our community. Obviously, there, there's nobody here from San Juan County, but are there any ongoing discussions with the county of the south? Because obviously they're a big landholder within this valley. I mean, obviously bigger than the city, bigger than Grand County, but yet they're basically right there too. Is there any reach from the city to, and county towards those entities down there? Well, the city's biggest issue and concern with development in Spanish Valley, of course, is water and sewer. And so we've been having ongoing dialogues with Mac McDonald and Gwisa, the water and sewer district. Um, for the last couple of years, the city's been working with them to, you know, to look at the water utility management. We've got a tomorrow or Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, there's a Zoom meeting to kind of kick off the water utilities management group. Um, so that's kind of the big issue from the city's perspective. I know the county uh, has tried, you know, is trying to collaborate with San Juan to, to make sure that there's some collaboration um, with San Juan on, on 
property. Yeah, uh, it's more of maybe of a county issue too. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we have we have had um, a number of very informal meetings with uh, with San Juan County. But like Joette said, I mean, water is is the huge issue. Um, down there. Now, let me just clarify this. You might be able to help me answer this, but the new sewer plant, was that not developed to kind of handle basically mm -hmm. capacity in San Juan County too mm -hmm. on the side of the mm -hmm. valley? Yeah, mm -hmm. so the, yes, the capacity is there, yep. which is yes, obviously fees for the city and those entities too, which, right. you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. It's like you do want it, but you don't, you know, because you, you know it would help you with some impact fees and just, you know, user fees. For the sewer treatment plant? Yeah, for the sewer oh, plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had to upgrade the sewer treatment plant, and that worked out well. And we're in good shape. You know, I think we've got 20 or 30 years before we need to worry about expanding the capacity there. But even then, because we relocated the plant, we have the capability to expand if we need to when we get to that point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And that, that plant was at the end of my street, so <laughs> I'm very pleased when we were what very pleased when the new plant came on. We didn't we didn't have, have trucks to, going down the road. Trucks going down the road, oh, and smelling it. And well, natural that. progression from housing into water and sewer seems to be right. a natural. Do you, <laughs> yeah. you know, jump into water issues. Well, actually, well, sticking with the housing, stick with housing. and, yeah, and, and sticking do. with that street down by the. Um, down by the uh, the water treatment plant, there's an area that um, is called that people refer to as the swamp that had um, a local outfitter in town was housing its kind of um, temporary employees down there. They were camping out, and that uh, blew up into a big into a big issue with some complaints. But it, it forced the county to work on uh, what we ended up calling our ADO or alternative dwelling ordinance, mm -hmm. um, and that was a uh, where I'm, I'm proud that passed. It took it took a long time. We we had it out in front of the public for many many meetings. I think it came up at three different commission meetings before it was finally passed, where we kept kicking it back and improving it and trying to trying to work with everybody involved and getting as much public comment as possible. But the upshot of that is that it, it will allow. It's a it's a pilot program. It will allow for some alternative dwellings on land in the county where people can put pads and have, have van lifers or RVs or even more permanent structures um, available for, for, again, workforce housing. Um, and some of, the, some of the highlights from that are, are tenants would have to stay for 60 days. There's absolutely no overnight accommodations there. Um, there would have to be four or more sites available on, you know, at any one uh, spots you wouldn't have just like one site here, one site there. They'd be clustered more, um, as well as um, uh, the the max on that for the next year is 150 units. Um, and it's kind of thought when all said and done that maybe 100 of them will probably be utilized. But that's exciting going forward, and it does give um, local employers places like like Navtech, who who whose employees use the swamp, a path forward to um, to continue to use those kind of housing situations for their employees. So I guess you know I mean we're both the city and the county we're both being very creative with what we can do and trying to use all the tools in our toolbox. I mean, I know questions always arise is like, why don't you build more housing and why don't develop, why don't you give developers more incentives? And I think we're trying to do that. I know the, the active employee housing ordinance that the city passed did provide quite a few incentives for developers to, to want to do that. And so there's just a lot of different avenues that I think both entities, county and city are looking into to help help uh, with this housing issue that we're having right now, which I don't know if we're ever going to ever completely right. solve it, yeah. but well, to be fair, the best we can. To be fair to both the city and the county, 
you're facing the most overwhelming <laughs> obstacles in your way. You know, you're in a county where 96% of the land is federal. federal. So yeah. you're landlocked. You yeah. can't use that. A lot of Grand County is on the wrong side of the river as far as serving, you know, infrastructure goes. So, you know, it's a really, really, really challenging position. So thanks for all the work you do to work through that. And then you have the NIMBYs. You know? I mean, it's hard. I mean, I think I really admire the elected officials because sometimes I think our own residents are our worst enemies. You know, they're, they're very seem unwilling to help, you know, solve the problem in a way to kind of put that delicately and realize that it's challenging because I know you hear at the front end of all those calls to their elected officials, right? Yeah, it, it, it is super challenging. There's, there's never a perfect solution. The, the ADO is right. far from perfect, but it is, it's, a, it's a gateway and it's a pilot program. And, and you know, we definitely had a lot of um, conversation with, with folks in, in the public, especially people who live in Spanish Valley. And uh, I think we came up with a, with a pretty good compromise and right. something that we can work with and, and at Com- least... Consensus, right? <laughs> right, <Magic>. right. <laughs> and in, in Moab, I mean, our community is not alone. We're not the only community that has citizens that are passionate about where no. they live and what happens in their backyard. And, you know, um, we are unique in that we are one of the most beautiful places in the world, but we're not unique when we, when we hear from our citizens and we appreciate their yeah. comments. We, we do... We would appreciate some solution-oriented instead of complaints, but, you know, that's okay, too. We can handle it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And we do have, both the city and county have some just, just incredibly creative minds who are, who are yeah. working so hard on, on this problem. This problem's been around for so long. I mean, longer than I've lived here. And, right. and it seems now there's more unity between the developers and the government, too. It seems like, okay, what can we do together? Yeah. Well, and that's you a know, big burn. Active, it's been a big, you know, yeah, the obstacle active employee to housing um, process that the city went through is a perfect example of that. I mean, when we put that up for a vote at the city council meeting, we heard right away this is going to the state legislature. They're gonna they're gonna knock this down. The property property rights coalition did not like it. The home builders association did not like it. And so it's like, okay, well, let's talk about it. So we spent you know four or five months meeting with them to get to a place where. I think they were okay with it. You know, they'll never come out publicly and say they agree with it, but I think they were, you know, open to allow us to at least try it. You know, let's see where this goes. And I think that's really important moving forward that we do communicate with our citizenry and other entities that are going to be impacted by whatever it is that we do. Yeah, and especially upstate with talking to, like, the Property Rights Coalition up there and and state legislature, it sounds like there's going to be – there's going to be a lot of legislature directed at, at housing, et cetera, yeah. in this in this term. So we're really trying to be careful and, and, and play fair with the with the folks up there and still get done what we need to get, get done, done down here. Yep. Well, I mean, we have our issues that are very uniquely, I mean, I don't know if there's many counties in the U.S. I always tell the visitors this when the guests, when they arrive, like, you're in a county with 95% public land. They're like, what? I said, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any other county, maybe San Juan County, will say they have a little bit more federal land. But those, you know, that's a remarkable percentage, which everybody forgets about. You know, you, you forget you're, you know, legislating over, you know, they can't do a lot with that land, honestly. And one of our senators actually has a bill that he's proposing. It's called the Housing Act, where you can actually have an entity, a governmental entity, city or county, approach the Bureau of Land Management or another, well, not the Park Service, but the Bureau of Land Management to see if there's a a way that land that's bordering a community can develop some sort of housing. Now, I'm sure there's issues with that bill. I haven't really looked at it. You know, there always is when it comes from, there's always something else added to it. But I think the concept is a good one. And if that's a way that we can 
you know, get some additional land yeah. available for ha- perhaps the land trust to develop. Yeah. That's something that we should be looking into as well. Yeah. yeah. So can we move on from housing, you think? Sure. You sure? Can Absolutely. I, I think so. What about, can we talk about, um, which was kind of a big deal for the, a gateway community, which we've mentioned, and that was the um, timed entry s- system oh, yeah. at Arches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just comments on that. Is that something you, was that on your list? I'm sorry. It, you know what? It's it funny. It wasn't on our list. <laughs> it, it wasn't, but it's hugely important. It was, it was, a, it was a pilot program this year. Somehow that's, it slipped our minds. But, got a lot but going yeah, on. That, was, that, was, uh, that was a giant change with the way Arches visitation worked this year. And, and I mean, everybody knows the lines had been outrageous. And the park shut down by nine o'clock on busy days, and it was creating a ton of frustration. Most people know I, I run a Main Street business, and I, I see people uh, all the time, and, and everyone wants to go to Arches. Um, and there, we always we heard a lot of frustration um, uh, voiced from our visitors with the way our with the way they the visitation Arches worked was waiting in line or getting turned away, et cetera, and having to come back. So. I, you know, speaking of a non-perfect solution, <laughs> there there's probably not a perfect solution there either. But um, but I think the National Park Service did a great job in reaching out to the stakeholders in town. They held many meetings. Uh, they had meetings with the chamber. They had public meetings. They had meetings with businesses, with government, and and came up with a um, came up with a pilot program and implemented it for six months. And um, I'm not going to say it absolutely worked, but I think it was an improvement. Um, I think uh, it, it, it enhanced the visitor experience. I think there were still definitely frustrations with it, but the people that did get in, they didn't face those, like you just couldn't find parking at, at Balance Rock or Delicate Arch. Um, the, the wait times in line, I think are something that, that need to be fixed going forward because people were still, even though they had their reservation, they were still waiting upwards of you know an hour and a half, two hours or so, which is not great. At all, but once they got into the park, everything was good. And they knew they were going to get into the park. They had a guaranteed entry. They weren't going to get turned away. Um, they knew their time slot, so they could they could come and you know rent a bike or do a do a canyoneering tour or or something else because they had their they had their their time figured out. Um, and it was interesting after the the pilot program ended on October third. I frequently ride my bike into the park, and there's a really nice bike path entry into the park, so I don't have to wait in line. But I, I'll I'll ride in and just take the temperature. I, I literally ride in once a week, and um, it was dramatic how it changed after October third when we were still in the busy season. And all of a sudden that line went out, and they shut the park down. Um, riding out past the parking at the uh, at the windows or Balance Rock just all of a sudden those parking spaces were completely full where they hadn't been in the summer. Yeah, I've been working on that issue in, in my previous job before I became the mayor as the ED of the Friends of Arches and Canyonlands since actually 2016 is when the whole concept of timed entry came up. And so, you know, things move slowly, um, and we finally we finally got it this year. And, you know, I, I, I really believe that as our population grows in the United States and around the world, our national parks are never, they're always going to be, you know, the special places of the United States where people are going to want to visit. And so as long as we have more people, we're going to have to figure out a way to manage them in our, particularly our iconic national parks. And I think this is, 
this is what we're going to be seeing in the future for a, a lot of, of, of parks and probably including state parks, the, the real popular parks. But there's some tweaks that need to be done. I think the Park Service is aware of that. I'm really thrilled that the that the state, um, the the Office of Tourism, Vicki Varelli was here and yeah. Red Johnson was here right. from. Yeah. Um, and Grand County, the Travel Council did an exceptional job, actually. Absolutely. Doing what they could to tell the world, by the way got a new reservation system this year which yeah. is almost an impossible task yeah. you know and yeah. i think that eventually the word will get out where I, mean, I would imagine this will be used again is, would you predict that do you sense that they're oh, going to do the timed entry again in I, the future? I, I, I have a good feeling that they're going to you know keep it at least for another year and then see where it goes they they do have some things they need to work out like October. you shouldn't have to get a, a reservation and wait in line for an hour right. you know that's yeah. kind of defeats Agreed. the whole purpose yeah. and it so does. and that was something i think both of our you know the county and the city and the travel council and others expressed to the park service mm-hmm. it's like you need to fix that. Yes. You know that doesn't work, and yep. and they also need to look at extending it through October. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, Howard, about the timed entry that I thought was interesting is, you know, it's been relatively compared to nineteen or twenty twenty one and twenty 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 during the pandemic, our visitation was through the wor- the roof, and then this year, it kind of settled down a little bit, and I think businesses started getting concerned and. I know some of them were trying to say timed entry is stopping people from coming here, and and I don't think that's the case. I, you know, I think people might not have come to Arches because they didn't want to hassle with making a reservation, but I don't think that that was the primary reason why we saw a little bit of a dip. And I, my prediction, and I not that I know anything, is next year it's going to be it's going to be even better than this year, and hopefully not to the level it was in twenty one and twenty. <laughs> but you know, I I just feel like you know it was. Unf- People are looking to blame something, and that was one of them, and that, I think that's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit unfair. I don't think that was yeah. the primary reason why we saw a little dip in our visitation this year. And I, and I think you saw you saw numbers drop at a lot of national parks. Right. Not, not all of them. There were some that, that, that did even grow this year, but I think we looked at numbers for national parks and state parks all over national park units. Yeah. And um, in general, numbers were down across the board. But, I mean, there was tons, I mean, inflation and price of gas and just uncertainty with everything contributed yeah. to all yeah. that. Everybody want, got to travel. I mean, you can go to mm-hmm. Disneyland now. You can travel to Europe. You can go yeah. all over the place. So I think people probably, it's like, all right, we spend our time outdoors. Now let's do something different. But um, I, I, I'm certain that the park is going to come up with some changes and. I think in the long run, it'll be, you know, there's a lot of things, though, that the park needs to be looking at. I know a lot of people talked about the shuttle system, and at the time that the park looked at the shuttle system, it was way too expensive. I mean, really, they couldn't afford it. But, you know, I think it's it's something that could be revisited, you know, and looked at. And, you know, we've got to think long term. We can't just think, you know, it's easy for us to think year to year, day to day. But yeah. in the whole scope of what happens in Moab, we need to think down the road 10, 20 years and, and what we need to do to make sure we accommodate the future of our community. I, I think, you know, the the whole prospect of the reservation system was to kind of spread the load, was it not? It's like trying, if you can't yes. get it in the high season, you can come in January. Right. And that would actually spread the load, actually bring right. more visitation in the winter months, which not only helps the park, it helps the businesses that, you know, it's kind of quiet this right now at this time of year. To have a few more visitors doesn't hurt. So I think, you know, eventually it's going to be quite smooth. And interestingly, if you don't mind me just segueing, we'll get off the parks, I promise. <laughs> but, you know, last year was a big year too, or this year when they, you know, the, the Utah Raptors State Park. And that yeah. could have yeah. absolutely amazing mm-hmm. changes for arches too when you think about 
those the proximity of those parks to each and other. The, and really, the second entry into Arches will be right through Utah Raptor State Park. No doubt. On Willow Springs Road. And right. it's not a bad trail, actually. I, I took my car there for the very first time. It's like, oh, this is not a terrible road. I, I well, just drove my in-laws up that the, uh, <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks ago. It, I mean, it's not. That, I wouldn't recommend, you know. It's not that bad, but you also have to remember another entrance into Arches just brings more people That's in right. a different yeah. way. Yeah. And you so, have to manage that, of course. Yeah. And so, you really, we ha- you know, it's not like we want to just say, okay, yeah, let's open right. up Willow Springs. We need to think about it sure. you know and and maybe it's something you know i talked to ashley kornblatt you know she's really into e-bikes and maybe we mm-hmm. you know and i know the state's really looking at that too well once you get an e-bike in the park where do they go you know yeah. so there's there's a lot of thought that needs to go through you know whatever the alternatives are but i do think we need to kind of expand you know think a little bit outside of the box of what we can do to manage the yeah i certainly agree and, and as as an avid cyclist and someone who cycles in the park all the time there is no better experience than than you know that 360 degree view you get from a bike when you're in the park it's wonderful but it is really hilly and it's not it's not for most and there's no bike path that traffic comes right. along so there, there would have to be considerable infrastructure changes before you really make the park more bike or e-bike accessible right well i, I kind of segued into that so you you can go back to your list <laughs> By the way, I'm talking with Mayor Joette from Moab City, Mayor, and then Jacques Hadler, who is the chair of the Grand County Commission, joining us for a year in review. Nice chit-chat here. <laughs> yeah, they've got their lists here. I know they haven't touched them. So. We, we got together and we said, okay, what should okay, we talk I'll, about? I'll be so, quiet. No, that's okay. You don't have to be quiet. I think, do we want to talk about, well, the city just did a visioning process, hugely successful. Um, remarkable amount of uh, response and participation. We had like over a thousand people involved in this visioning visioning process. I know the county's doing something similar, I think, with planning. Um, Yeah, yeah, planning. We actually just wrapped up our uh, 10-year general plan, um, passed it at the end of last year, but then we um, are kind of populating that plan with with smaller plans that fit into that. Um, But yeah, definitely working on outreach and, and listening to what people say and one of the things that came out of our visioning process was people really want to be more engaged like we said at the beginning you know people they like to voice their opinions and we really want those opinions to be more solution oriented and so that really came out of our visioning is how do we keep the community engaged in what's happening and so I know the city is really, really thoughtful about that. We just, in the county too, we just did this future site um, process about the UMTRF um, project, which is a whole other conversation, but it's a way to get the community involved in a positive way to look to the future of our community and, and express their opinions and their thoughts about what they would like to see out there. And so I think the city is going to really be very proactive in anything that we do that it um, goes back to our visiting statement and how people want to be engaged and how we can keep them engaged. There's lots of boards and committees, but a lot of times that takes a big commitment, and not everybody has the time to take, make that big commitment. But there's a lot of other opportunities that that we'll be going through over the next year that we really would like to – we really want our community to be engaged in what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this is a good, good – I'm going to – give a plug to our uh, planning and zoning department who have put together a website called uh, Grand County Connects, mm-hmm. which check that out. It, it has all of the planning and zoning stuff on it. It gives you an opportunity. It, it, it breaks down into detail stuff that uh, is being worked on currently and gives people a great opportunity to comment. There's, there's, um, there's forms that you can, you can submit comments on, you can see when meetings are, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great, it's a great way to, um, to connect and, and stay involved with what's going on. 
And that is, yeah, grandcountyconnects.com. Do you have the university on your list there? Don't have the university seat. God, Josh, what, we had so many things, and that we met for an hour. I just I, asked. I didn't, you know, I just put the well, question. Well, it, it's pretty cool. The university opened, you know, their new building this year. I, yeah, um, that was this year. It seems like so long ago. I know. Just want to bring you, yeah, it's been a lot well, happening. Remember yeah. how long ago that conversation started? You know, about the university. I think when we first arrived. I think when we all first arrived right. in the 90s. <laughs> Takes yeah. a long time. You know, yeah. that's why it's so important to really start thinking ahead because, you know, we have these visions, but it takes a long time to get there. Like the tailings pile, right? Because now like that's starting pile. to. It, it, I mean, is, hey, yeah. I just want to, you know, a tip of the hat to our mayor because, you know, us old fogies, Jack being one of the old fogies on my web, we do remember that process beginning to talking about starting processes. And really, Joette, a big thank you to you um, for when you served time in the mm-hmm. county. That was your kind of campaign promise. And boy, did you ever fulfill your <laughs> promise. And of course, it's been continued on. A big thanks to Mary McGann, who currently yep. has yeah. taken that torch. And yeah, really, and each really one has. of you, you, yeah. you, you, both sides of you, that's something you're very consistent on. Both of you, you want this pile taken yeah. care of, and it's moving. It's incredible. And it, and it is exciting. Like you said, when I first got here, I forget when they first started um, moving dirt. It must have been 2004 or five. Nine. The, the no, mill was wasn't nine. open when you got here, was it? The mill was not. I got here in 2000. But <laughs> I, I remember the first, uh, the first end dates they were talking about were in the mid-2030s, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and now we're looking in... I, what, what is the latest, Joe? I think it's like four years, maybe? Well, the DOE is still saying 2034. Okay. But we yeah. also go out there and look. There's not much dirt left. There's and not. So, and I think yeah. on Wednesday, there's going to be a celebration of the, the next million piles, uh, million, ton, million wow. tons that were moved. And so, um, yeah, it's been a, it's a big, long process. But we've been thinking about this end date for <laughs> since, we got the mo- since we got the decision to move it and then found the money to move it. And it's like... How do we make this? How do we make this gateway? You know, how do we, what do we want it to look like? And the initial phase is this: we want it to look like is what it looked like before. Yeah. And if you've ever seen any pictures of what it looked like before, it's just before a, the mill, you mean? Yeah, before the mill. <laughs> before we. I don't think we want to look like it did before. Yeah, it looks <laughs> yeah before it, yeah before the mill when it was just actually it was just a floodplain and right. there's like one cottonwood tree out there. Uh-huh. I mean, so it's like, well, maybe we can do a little better than that. <laughs> so that's what we're doing now. It's like you know we started doing this, we started doing the planning for what we want the site to look like ten years ago, I believe. Maybe I can't remember exactly. Was it two? Maybe it was 2015. I can't remember exactly, but the purpose of that was to go to Washington, D.C. to advocate for the money to move it by saying, look, you guys, we need to get this done because we have big plans for that piece of property. And so that's why we started it, and we never, you know, and because of that, I think it's part of the reason we got as much money as we got, you know, through Mary McGann and all the work that she and Ronnie and I did, and that expedited getting it done more quickly and so here we are it's like probably five years we're looking at probably five years when the dirt will be moved now i say five years that there's a lot more work that yeah. needs to be done but it's it's nice to have the congressman you know john curtis has been very yeah. supportive he has, and our yeah. congressional age our senators all of our i mean really that's yeah. been a great yeah. joint effort to show you it's amazing what we can do Bipartisan. and let's not forget that the folks in california arizona and yeah. nevada are, are very grateful that the right. water supply has been cleaned up <laughs> right. which is yeah. really the main reason why this is happening I mean, and we've got our ideas on the site but ultimately th- you know how many millions of r- americans r- roughly, are getting better quality 10 percent of americans are Colorado, drinking out of uh, water downstream of uh, us which is incredible yeah, you know, and um, 
that you know you're absolutely correct howard if it wasn't for southern california this would have never happened because you know 40 million people is a lot more than 10,000 and so we knew that from the <laughs> no, beginning we, we sound like 40 million people sometimes <laughs> don't yeah, we, we? But we you know but we knew we knew that we had to expand what grand county was not going to be able to to get that pile moving by ourselves no. and so when the southern california metropolitan water district stepped up and said we want to help you it was like, yeah, because we, we don't know what we're doing, so yes. help us out. Although, you know, Bill Hedden was really involved back in the day and, and other folks before I got on the county council to, to get the ball rolling. By the way, just a, just a, a thought, because I mean, what am I surrounded by in this station here? If it's not music everywhere I look, there's CDs. I just thought that would be an amazing site for an amphitheater for live performances. That's on there. That's absolutely. <laughs> that would be. Just plant the seed. You know, it's like moving the pile. You know, you have to bring yeah. it up. Oh, let's move it. Well, and you know what, Howard? You should go to Grand County Connects and get online and complete and we'll, the survey. There, there you right. go. There you go. And, and as far it all as connects. Amph- that, that could be one of the one of the most beautiful amphitheaters anywhere. People would no be doubt. clamoring. To, like a to Red Rocks there. in Moab. Absolutely. With the portal in the background and the river there, it, it could be spectacular. Yeah, we could be. And that's but, that's already on there. And yeah. I'm sure and it's you know, I would help our events that have started, like the music festival, the folk festival. Had a venue yeah. where they could yeah. seat, you know, a good number. Then that—that's what Telluride can bring Bob Dylan. Is they—they yeah. they throw them all in a field. I don't see we have to do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Moving on though, we've got the tail. We're getting closer back to town. We got we went to the parks. Now we're moving back to the tailings pile. How about water supply? I mean, let's talk about water and its impact. Just Mother Nature and water this year. Was there any big storms this year that you can recall? No, you know, in fact, it was like you in your email to us, just like, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I go, I don't have anything ugly. And then my staff's like, the flood. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was ugly. That was oh, yeah. tough. And that's going to be a long time yeah. to fit. You know, we'll, unfortunately, the parkway is not ever going to be the same. I no, mean, it's right, pretty, yeah. it's pretty, you've been down there. I oh, mean, it's like unbelievable. We did three days of volunteer work down there. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to see the community come together yeah. after that and kind of work to clean mm-hmm. up what they could of that. But yeah. yeah, 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 the flood was, I mean, and floods really, because that was just the culmination. And there was even, you know, a minor flood after that. There, there, we kept seeing oh. this crazy pattern <laughs> of, yeah. of huge monsoons and you know i mean the reality is it's not going to change i mean we haven't seen a big flood like that in a long time you know and it may not be you know Mm -hmm. for a long time but it's going to happen again yeah you know and that that was pretty devastating it was a pretty devastating flood and and you know i think uh, you know unless you live right in town and you utilize that path you know people outside of that corridor of the mill creek you know creek area probably didn't understand what the problem was but if you're down there a lot and you saw what was going on down there it was pretty scary we're so fortunate nobody died so fortunate absolutely that that, yeah Yeah. when you when you when you hear about the circumstances especially with the the campground there and everything it is we were very very lucky and thank goodness for that well, we're surrounded by all this nature that's been crafted by water flow, has it not? Yep. So when we get these extreme events, it's nothing to the river. And, and it's, like it's eye-opening when you go down on um, on Fifth West and you look you look uh, you oh, look yeah. east from there, and and that that's ch- that's changed so much. And it, it it is it's a floodplain. You look at it, and it's like oh yeah, that's what. Do you think we were a little complacent over the years that we never thought anything like that would ever happen? Cause, you know, I don't. You know, you I know. don't. I mean, David Olson. I ran into David Olson, and you know, David was mm-hmm. very the instrumental plan. in all of the Mill Creek Parkway mm-hmm. amenities that we have and and i saw him out there and we were looking at fifth west and we were just standing there and he just had this big smile on his face and i'm like what are you so happy about and he's like it worked 
this is what we planned for, mm. you know, and that's why we had the parkway there. That's why we, we got all this property down there because what, you know, we knew this was going to be a floodplain. And when we had the major flood, you know, yeah, it's devastating. It's hard for us to see, but really no homes were really damaged to speak of. There's a few, yeah. you know, and there was a few that were without water. But we really, fixed that. From the scope of it, a few. Really. Yeah. 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 Very, very few. And that floodplain, like, they, they could have built on that. And you look at that, that's a huge empty piece uh, of yep. land in the city. It was yep. probably very valuable. But if they had the consequences. And we, st- yeah, and we still have to think about that for the future. And you saw the infrastructural improvements on the north end of town. You know, there was a lot of complaints about traffic for years, right, because they were rebuilding the highway right. between the right. bridge and town. Mm-hmm. And that included all that sewage work that was done under Stewart Canyon. Right, right. That was hardly affected by no. it. And that just showed, I mean, I realized one of the biggest, both city and county you face, like every city and county across America are, is aging infrastructure. I mean, we, yeah. we think, oh, you know, it's us, but it's not us. Everybody's in the same boat, every other town. But obviously, you know, starting to think about, this is, an, of course, a long-term thing too, is it not? You know, replacing um, old pipes because... Right. You have to replace the roads too, so it's it's not it's a three it's it's triple what you think it is. You know, just it's not just pipes. So yeah. anything going on as far as that goes in your long term yes. planning scope? Well, I don't want to hog up the. Mic. Oh no, I mean long long term planning. Some yeah no no go ahead, Joe, and you can speak to that, and then I'll I could. Uh... <laughs> okay, well, one of our big projects that's coming up, we're going to go to the Community Impact Board this this year, um, is Cane Creek Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a really beautiful, uh, once we get that project going, it's going to be, people aren't going to like it, you know, because it's going to be disruptive. But in the end, it's really going to be, I haven't actually seen the plans, but everybody tells me it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like a boulevard, you know. And it's getting going out around the corner and down the canyon. Yeah. 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 It's going to be really nice. And so that's a big project. But, you know, the, the city has, fail, you know, 30, 50-year-old pipes under the road, and we don't see that. And, you know, um, we really don't have the resources to, to pay for it. You know, property ta- tax came mm-hmm. up. Last year, you know, I know that's like a no-no, but at some point, you know, in order for us to to do the things that we knew with our infrastructure, we're going to have to find the resources to do it. Yeah, yeah, and, and speaking to some of the stuff we're doing, we're finally, we budgeted for a in-house engineer this year, and that's something that's been a long time coming yeah. in the county. We've always contracted that work. Someone's come down from up north, and, you know, you just don't get the same attention to detail or the same, um, people just don't know just don't know the area like like someone on the ground here so we're we're really excited about that especially with um, a lot of stormwater drainages where one of the big projects is working on the jackson street stormwater drainage there's a couple other spots out in spanish valley and something i'm extremely uh excited about as far as infrastructure goes is a bike path all the way um, mm-hmm. paralleling spanish valley drive and um, we currently have the it, the engineering is going forward. Most of the right of ways have been procured, but we're looking at extending a bike path from the city all the way down to um, in two phases down to Beeman, where it crosses Pack Creek for the first phase, and then hopefully for a second phase all the way to the county line. And then we would especially hope, as as some of these new housing developments come on board in San Juan County, that that they'd pick it up and. Um, anyway, that's going to be a really valuable uh, active transportation corridor for all the new kind of developments that are going on down there. I think a lot of the population is going to live down there and probably work in the city. And if we can get those people commuting on bikes or e-bikes or, or whatever, that would that would um, that be great. So you know, there's um, so infrastructure projects. <laughs> We've got you know. Our, 
Great projects. I mean, we've got a couple of projects, but I kind of want to go back to infrastructure because one of the things that happened during the flood was the water lines got completely blown apart yeah. because the, the, the water, the creek was so intense that it actually went down like three or four feet and all mm-hmm. of our all water lines under were there. underneath the creek mm-hmm. and they yeah. blew out. And so now we're going to have to, you know, hopefully in January we're going to place those water lines. They just did a planned water line replacement along Mill Creek um, down there for that new subdivision that's going in by Powerhouse. Right. And so, you know, yeah. and then we're doing another project up on Tusher, I believe, for our sewer line to be replaced for the Lions Back project. Um, to, to accommodate that, it needs to be replaced anyway. But you know that's going to be something that we need to accommodate. But um, so there, there are some of those boring infrastructure projects that are taking place that nobody really knows about because they're under the ground and you don't see them. Right. So the above the ground ones are pretty cool too, like the bike path that you're talking about. Yep. Um, yeah. We've got dispersed parking coming up that people are not going to like that either because it's <laughs> yeah. going to be disruptive. But that's going to really make a huge difference in congestion downtown. I think the center and main dual parking might. I just want to pre-warn you. I think it might cause a few headaches for you. I think we eliminated that. <laughs> you did eliminate I that so, down yeah. that block. Yeah. We yeah. did a big public engagement yeah. on that too. And we yeah. listened to what people yeah. said. Talking of long-term that. things, I mean, the whole, I mean, I, I've, I finally I heard that there was a contract awarded for a shuttle service that I know has been yes. in the works for yes. oh, a long time. <laughs> is it nuts? Right. Yes. Any more details on that? If it's, is it going to happen? Well, Jacques, we need to talk about that. Right. <laughs> Not here though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it starts in the spring. It's going to start in March. They're coming. I think we've, we've signed the contract. We right. approved the contract. We signed it. It's called the Moab Area Transit, the MAT. And that's going to be really cool. It's going to go all the way. I think it, I'm, I think it goes all the way out to the Shell Station. Just I'm down, not, yeah, south of town to the Shell Station. And then, and then Spring Hill. And then up to Lions mm-hmm. Park. And, you know, and then we're also, that's like the fixed shuttle system. It's going to just run back and forth. And then there's going to be kind of an Uber-like shuttle where it's on demand. And so people just call up and, and they'll come pick them up and take them where they need to go. And this is for anybody. I mean, it's interesting. People say, is it for locals? Is it for oh, yeah. guests? So, I mean, it's really to eliminate um, parking issues downtown, is yep. it not? Yep. So you want, get, you want visitors free. to use it, you know, to yep. not bring their cars into yeah, town if they're staying at the yeah, northern right. hotels or the mm-hmm. southern hotels. Yeah. And, and there's no charge. It's going to be free. Pretty, pretty exciting, yeah. yeah. We have to Public. thank um, people at the state and the feds for giving us this money because I know nothing's really free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was UDOT. It was UDOT, UDOT so gave state, us. And, yeah. and it was like the, the, the path hot, that's hot. going, the bike path that yeah. you're talking about, it was right. that hotspot money. Yeah. If you guys recall, there was hotspot money that was designated to build a three-story parking garage downtown. Mm-hmm. And council people and county people were like, wait a minute. You know, we've got $10 million. Isn't there something more we can do with that besides... A parking lot, and so we came up with the transit system, the bike path, and yeah. the dispersed parking. Yeah, which is great. I think those are yeah. great. Yeah, great, it's awesome. Yeah, great addition. There's a lot of really great things have been happening in this town. I know there are. you guys always get the bad end, the rough end of the stick, you know. Yeah, and it is. The like moaning Jay, and groaning. Like Joe said earlier, it is It is those, like, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year kind of visions, you know, that you'll you suffer growing pains and a lot of criticism and stuff when they're when they're being initiated but you know 20 years down the line you're like oh my gosh thank goodness we did that well let me take you both back 20 years when i first arrived here in 97 the high school had just opened this year we've completed every educational structure in our town has been replaced with brand new i mean honestly i think moab is one of the most remarkable towns in the universe to be 
it's, not biased it, in the slightest, yeah, right. but completely biased because it is. You're I mean, right. And my, I have a daughter who's going to be going to the middle school next year. And I am so thankful that she's going to a nice school. I know. I mean, that was a long process. I mean, that was a huge, huge commitment by this community. To, and it's yeah. not just, you know, it's university too, guys. We've got a brand new university well, look at building. Everything we have, right? Yeah. We've got a long-term care facility. I mean, my Maps. goodness. Yeah. Once yeah. again, Joette, not to, you know, make your head too big there. But you were a big part of Maps back in the day. Yeah, I mean, but how many communities of 5,000 have a long-term care facility? Right. That's subsidized by you, the community. Housing. Um, yeah, we've the got the housing? Maps Senior Housing over there. Right. We've got a hospital. We've got the Grand Center. We've got a library. We've got a swimming pool. Thanks to you, Howard. Yeah, the aquatic Giving it back to you. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. we are so lucky. It's a great community. It really it is. is. I mean, as much as we may differ and bicker amongst ourselves you know i think the flood this year really showed that as a community there's no better community right truly i mean you may be on the opposite side of the political agenda doesn't matter when a flood came we just work together it's amazing how that kind of thing brings everybody together and really really highlights that the better side of the community when people work together and and dig out together and, and support each other yeah, yeah, we're a passionate bunch, yeah. and we have a lot of opinions, and I think, you know, we appreciate those thoughts and opinions. It can get overwhelming at times, but, you know, um, I think it's really important for, to, for people to let us know what they think. Can I ask, um, just this might be something to put into the resolutions for things to look at amongst your long lists there, but, you know, something uniquely our community is the fact that the county, Castle Valley, uh, Moab City all signed up to be part of the state of Utah's um, net zero goal to be yep. net zero by 2030. Yeah. Here, you're both um, in the realm of this. Here's an idea that perhaps Grand County's future might be in energy production again. Mm-hmm. And I really think about mineral lease monies and how they tie in mm-hmm. that if you were extracting all the solar energy from Moab City and all this public land, yeah. Grand County would receive quite a chunk of change that would maybe help with the words we didn't want to talk about property taxes but you know we're all residents that might be an idea to help both city and county find another income source to pay for the things you need as opposed to tap into residents mm-hmm. so Solar. kudos to both you entities for signing up for that bill in 2020 yeah. both before your time but you know the torch has been given to both of you guys mm-hmm. to carry forward so yeah, and we're looking at doing solar out of the airport, powering the airport through solar. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of land up there that would be ideal for, for solar power. Um, yeah, the... the 95% um, public land? <laughs> the cells up by Crescent Junction where the old tailings are being dumped. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, once those right. cells are, are done, we've talked about the Department of Energy about perhaps doing a solar... You know, the transmission lines are right there. It, yeah. It's not a bad, highway, a bad right. location, but, you know, that's... And the Department of Energy does that stuff. So that's kind of on the table, too. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but it's something that we've approached them on. We do have this kind of legacy with energy creation, do we not? Let's face it. Moab was not your ordinary average town. Charlie Steen and his product, what he mined, made America the superpower it is today. And I often think that people in Moab forget that legacy, that the United States would not be the, 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 the nation it is today, if Charlie hadn't discovered uranium and it happened to be 
in Moab. Mm -hmm. So we are actually, you know, one of the big reasons why America's a superpower. So what I'd ask both city and county to consider is maybe we should think about commissioning a statue of Charlie Steen somewhere in this community. Because we would put it right there <laughs> where the Umter site is. A big one. I mean, it's funny how sure. that site has created so much economic development for our community <laughs> really, really, in really, such yeah. a variety of no ways. Doubt. I've thought about that so many times. Yeah. Just like, That's like, yeah. you know, what are we going to do next there? You know, that, that would be the that would be the perfect place for the statue. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, and that and solar energy would be a nice little capping. You know, wouldn't it be grand if we were the one of the major producers of electricity? again in the United States, Jacques, you, right. could, you yeah. could take that as your legacy as a commissioner and say, well, that's what we started back in the day. And you could, you know, enjoy it. And it's a good time for alternative energy right now. Right. Yeah. There seems, there there's seems never be, been a better yeah. time, guys. No, there seems, there's a groundswell. And, and there's and, money yeah. for it, too, that we wouldn't have to pay for it necessarily right. because of the infrastructure bill that's out there. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's a wish for the future. No, it's a it's a it's a good. Uh, yeah, it's a good point, Howard. Do you have any resolutions for the upcoming year? Things that you, I mean, you want to see done that just you two personally that you'd like to see happen in 2023? Oh my gosh, I'm still catching my breath. <laughs> this year's been so, so, so crazy and fraught. Um, I, I love the uh, active transportation, like, like continuing with the bike path. I'm a cycle commuter myself, and getting all that done. I also really like our uh, responsible um, recreation and trail ambassador programs that we've initiated this year. Kind of that all came on board and I think they were hugely successful, but we're looking at um, taking that to the, to the motorized community as well and doing a trail ambassador program for, for the motorized trails in town, which do draw so many visitors and can be very impactful, but, but helping out with those, uh, those communities as well. Um, and, more housing, I guess. <laughs> For me, mine's a little different. It's um, I really would like to see us uh, collaborate more and Good, um, enjoy it. Yeah. And, yeah, and have you heard it you know, here. and working really closely together as a city and the county and with San Juan County as well, and develop those relationships and really very importantly is with our state legislatures mm -hmm. you know we've kind of been looked at negatively up north lately and i think that there's a lot of work that can be done and i think jacques and i have talked about this and and just building those relationships and kind of building a good you know so that moab's not the black sheep of the state you know if, if that's even possible i might be a little pollyanna here but i just that's something that i intend to do is be a little bit more political up north during the legislative session and of course i'll be going back to washington dc and working with our delegation on funding for the tailings pile for the national park service whatever it is we need that land for housing i like that one joy yeah, yeah yeah so so you know my goals is just to get really more involved politically this year um to help collaborate and and develop really good strong relationships with all the entities that we have to work with to make our community strong yeah I, I love that and i think continuing in that thought as well um engaging here in in the county and in the city with right we've had we've had a bit of a divisive year you know we had a we had an election that was that brought out some negativity i guess and, elections never bring out negativity it was surprisingly calm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think of what's happening on the national affair. Yeah. I mean, it, absolutely. You're, no, you're, you're totally right. But I, I guess that I'm, I'm looking forward to working with, with our new electeds. We know we have, we have two new commissioners. We have a new uh, attorney and a new sheriff. And, um, and, and kind of turning the page on that a little bit and also reaching out to, to the community a little bit more and, and when necessary, working to lower the temperature a little bit. And, um, and yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about 
building those relationships. Well, you mentioned well. you mentioned the state level, and I think there's been a really significant shift in that whole equation for us because we don't have two representatives anymore. We just have one. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not necessarily everybody loves Mr. Lyman, but he is well respected and to be on his to be working with him is going to get you some grease up north is all I can say. I mean, it's all about relationships at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And it's, it is. you know, and sometimes you have to push your personal things for the sake of, you know, you carry the torch for 10,000 people. Right. right. I yeah. mean, it's a tough job, yeah. you know. You're absolutely right, though, Howard. It is building relationships and, you know, it may they may not have ideas that that we necessarily support, but we have to we have to play together and we have to, you know, um, play the game you yeah. know really because that's what it is and so yes. we have to play yeah. it and we have to play it well and we have to respect those folks because they they hold a heavy hold a heavy hand over what happens in our entire state and in moab they kind of have their eye on moab yeah. i don't know why and i'd like you know just take an even step back from that what you just said about our state and you know i'm from scotland you're from pennsylvania you're from baltimore washington dc washington dc yeah. uh, that's not even a state <laughs> Close. so you know we're all from other places and yet we came into this one state you know obviously the beauty was what brought us here but boy it ain't a bad state to be in honestly utah is a pretty phenomenal small state and all you know economic measurements you know we saw even going back to the pandemic when we had a new governor come on board and what was the, you know, the first thing he did was sh shut us down and that kind of really took it really kind of took my attention because it's not what you'd expect to see happen under the politics of Utah, but the people come first in this state, and it really is. It's I'm very proud to be a Utah, and I never thought I'd say that, but I wouldn't live in any other state. I really love Utah. Well, our governor, our uh, lieutenant governor, our congressional delegation, our state delegation, after the flood, they were all on the phone with me. I mean, that day, yeah, I got sure. a call from the governor, mm -hmm. I got a call from John Curtis. John Curtis is like, I'm on my way. You know, all Senator Hinkins, Carl Albright, all of those folks all reached out. You know, they were there for us. And so, you're right. We do live in a unique place. It's actually nice, John Curtis. I mean, let's talk about him. I mean, he's... He was adamant he wasn't going to lose Moab from his congressional <laughs> district. Right. And to hear your representative say that about us, I felt so proud mm -hmm. that he feels so strongly about what we do. And I think he sees what we do. I mean, we're quite a remarkable town. Talking about hives, we actually produce quite a lot of honey for a small population, you know, it's, you know, limited. <laughs> My and, wife, actually, it's funny because she, uh, she works on some of those honey issues. She, did, she just finished building a bee awning for... Uh, we call it Annie's Farm, um, the farm down on... Uh, Annie Thomas. On, yeah, exactly, down on Fifth West over there. But uh, oh, that, that is some really good honey, too. <laughs> we have a few jars stocked up. Well, it's, it, I just want to thank you both. I mean, it really is an honor to live in this community. And seeing us all work together and the, the players that are here, everybody has passion. You know, and it may be passionate about noise, I mean, what they like and what they don't like. And compromise and consensus, I think, could be the words of 2023. And yep. that we could do that across yeah. the whole nation would be fantastic. But why don't we just start locally with that? You I know, you guys it. will I show us it. the example. Yep. Yeah, I love it. That's a, that's, yeah, great. I have yeah, one more plan. thing I need yeah. to bring up. Okay. And that is our Moab City Police Department. Yeah. Um, if you all recall, when I got elected, we had, there, there was a mess. I mean, let's just be honest. There was some, it was a challenge. That's probably a better way to put it. And, you know, we hired Chief Jared Garcia, who has just been remarkable. And we are fully staffed as a police department. Somebody asked me the other day, and, 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 and a year ago we had seven you know, mm -hmm. now we're up to 19. Yeah. We've got a new police chief. We've got a new assistant police chief. We've got a staff sergeant who's over all policy administration. We're in really good shape. And somebody came up to me at the Christmas tree lighting and said, 
So do we have to worry now about getting speeding tickets? And I go, <laughs> yes, you do. So, <laughs> so be on alert. It's the downtime. Our police department is fully staffed. Be good out there. Um, it, it, but well, just so you know, be I'm careful very, too. It's the yeah. holidays. We're yeah. on a very busy highway. Everybody yeah. should observe the speed. And I'm just very proud of our Absolutely. police department. Yeah. I think that it's been remarkable of what our it has. It has been, been remarkable. And the presence is amazing. You, you, there, yeah. You, you didn't. You didn't see very many officers a year ago, and now, no. now you no. do. Where, where you want to see them? Yeah. And, and I, we've hired. We've bought. We we're just going to buy two electric motorcycles. Wow. So that's going to be new. You're going to see police motorcycles, and they're fully electric. Silent. I, I just, yeah, so yeah. I want to do that. So you won't hear them coming, so you better be careful. Just to be fair, you know, you're thanking the city police. They do a fantastic job. We live in a safe town. It's a really, I, I never feel danger yeah. in danger in this right. town, ever. I want a big, big thank to the sheriff and his crew that rescue so many people yeah. on public lands. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have probably one of the most adept sheriffs in the country that can respond to an emergency anywhere. So thanks to both for keeping us both safe and yeah, thinking ab- about us absolutely and yeah and thanks steve our sheriff steve waits retiring after 12 years yep. and he it was yeah he was great and, and we welcome a new sheriff okay i'm really There's excited about next year hey and a movie he didn't even talk about kevin costner did we <laughs> oh well that's a whole nother I know, we that's can another have show a whole, we we're can gonna have get him home, up here yeah. listen it's been really great up here, Howard. We'll, we'll <laughs> see if you're yeah. here on the chair next year, Jacques. I know you were kind of thrown into that position this year a little bit. You did a tremendous job. Thank you, And Howard. I'm sure you'd be I well equipped it. to take yeah. it next year, too, after going through we'll, the year. We'll see how that And goes. the mayor. The mayor's the mayor. We're very blessed to have you folks here in this town. And I don't, you know, I'm just really lucky. So, and KZMU, of course, bringing you here. When I wish you both a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'm sure I'll see you both in, through the year. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, Howard. Yes, thanks, yeah. Howard. Okay, thank you, guys.